Welcome back to another episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem. It's the podcast going behind the scenes of the fantasy sports industry through interviews with some of your favorites in the biz. I was delighted to have Faith Enos join me for this conversation. Faith is co-founder of Women of Fantasy Football and lead editor with IDP Guys. She gave fascinating insights into the world of editing articles for a fantasy football website, Oxford comma anyone, the Scott Fish Bowl live draft, being a part of the women's panel at the Fantasy Football Expo, tips for hosting interview-style podcasts, being in an IDP-only league, and much more. I learned a lot from Faith and had a blast recording this one. I even figured out that blew it out of the park is not a saying. Please follow Faith on Twitter at FF underscore Leap of Faith. You can follow me on Twitter at DKCKSum, and the podcast can be found at GetReal underscore Pod. This podcast is a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. Go check out all of those brilliant podcasts over there. Just wait until you're done with this one. I have some super rad news that I wanted to share with all of the listeners. Because of you, the podcast is a finalist for the Fantasy Sports Writers Association's Best Fantasy Podcast All Multiple Sports. This recognition is a huge honor for me, and I have to thank all of you for listening. Thank you all for helping to grow the show by sharing this podcast with your friends. I just wanted to make this intro a bit longer so that I could thank you. So, thanks. Like I said, this is long, I'm sorry. But I wanted to let y'all know that I was having a bit of internet trouble for a brief period of time during this episode. I got it all fixed up, but I have subpar editing skills. And now, here's Faith Enos on Get Real with Casey Kasem. All right. Hello, Faith. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Casey. I am great. How are you? Pretty good. I'm, I've been doing all right. No work and podcasting now is just, it sounds like a great plan. So thank you. Here's what I want to do. I want yes. to start off at a question that I ask everybody that comes on the show. How did you, before we get to all the fun stuff, how did you first get started playing fantasy football? So I first got started playing fantasy football because of my social butterfly status. I was in a sports group on Facebook and they were having a live draft. It was most everybody was here locally in uh, Fort Myers, Cape Coral area in Florida. And so me being one of the few active females in the group and really the only one local at the time, I went, I showed up just to say hi, just to mingle, just to whatever. And somebody said, hey, there's a person who paid but isn't here because they had to work. Will you draft for them? And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but okay. And I ended up sitting next to Josh Hudson, um, founder of Club Fantasy FFL. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. And he's like, do you not play fantasy football? And I was like, no. Like, what's, is that a thing? Who does, yeah, right. who does that? And uh, so he was like, well, he goes, we'll, we'll get you into that. We'll make sure that you know what's going on. And that was, goodness gracious, we're in 2023 now. I had to stop and think about what year it is. That was probably five years ago now. Um, and I never really looked back. It took me a year or two to actually get going and to like start paying attention because I played in a league the first year. Literally had no idea what I was doing. None whatsoever. Honestly, also didn't really care. 
I think I just filled in for somebody who lost somebody in a league and needed somebody to fill in. So everybody else loved me because I was like the taco of that league. <laughs> if you watch the league, you'll know what I'm talking about. But. And then Josh was like, you have to pay attention. And I was like, fine. <laughs> if I have to. I was well, like, then you're helping me. <laughs> right. Okay. So you said live draft, right? Mm -hmm. So your very first league you were ever in was a live draft? No, I was drafting for somebody okay. else. Oh, yeah. And okay. So, was, but that one was a live draft. Yes. And I was like, he's just going to get who I pick. And that was, <laughs> that was, I took uh, AB first overall. Was it Antonio Brown? The year that, that he didn't play? No, who was that? It was a Steeler. I know that much. Oh, was it Levy on Bell? Yes, that's who it was. Okay. It was Love Bell. First overall. Played like two games. It was like, no, or no, I don't think he even played that season. I was like, <laughs> sorry. Oops. <laughs> it's not my fault. No. How did you go about learning more about fantasy football and, and getting your hands on that kind of stuff? So back to Josh. Um, Josh not only writes fantasy football as a fantasy football analyst. I use that term uh, because it is what it is. Um, but he also writes screenplays and he writes script movie scripts. And I am of the, the word nerd variety and I love grammar and editing and all that stuff. And I said, Hey, if you ever need somebody to take a look at your scripts, edit it, whatever, let me know. I'll be happy to do it. He's like, sure. So he'd sent me over like one or two. And then he said, if you're still looking to do some editing, I have these fantasy articles that could use an editor. Would you mind looking at them? And I was like, absolutely not. And so I started editing with club fantasy and that's really what got me more into fantasy football because that turned into me <laughs> me correcting people on twitter uh correcting their grammar and being self-claimed grammar nerd which led to being asked to edit for a rookie magazine for idp guys which led to being asked to be lead editor for idp guys um and so and then that's how all that came about. And then Waff was born three years ago. How did you go from, you know, well, first of all, did you know a lot about football going into it besides just, I mean, did you have a team growing up? Did you watch it growing up? How was that? So I, I would say that I, I watched football. I knew the basics of football. I didn't really know like a lot about football. Um, I was your typical female who watched football but wasn't like into football so my dad was a big Patriots fan as I was growing up but I didn't really get into football until I was like 14 or 15 so I grew up watching the Patriots I grew up with all of that I grew up in the Patriots dynasty era so like football was fun because we win frequently and and now well you know um, so I, I knew about football. I'd watched football. I knew your basics, but then breaking it down into fantasy football terms 
And like that knowledge is very different than just football knowledge. Right. And it definitely is. Football, just watching it is completely different than Mm -hmm. playing fantasy football. And that's sometimes that's really hard to grasp when you're like looking at the quarterback on the field versus looking at the app and seeing, I didn't Mm -hmm. get a whole lot of, you know? So growing up still, were you ever, I know you're a Patriots fan, so you're a a sports fan of all those teams around that area. Is that correct? Yes. I am a Patriots fan, Red Sox fan, Bruins fan. I literally could not care any less about basketball or the NBA. (laughs) If the Celtics make the playoffs, I'll root for them. But if they lose, it's not like I'm devastated. I'm like, okay basketball just never i played basketball but it never it just never resonated with something that i fell in love with watching right and i totally get that um there's certain sports like that for me too where i'm like "Eh." um so did people because you because you live in florida and you're a patriots fan did you get a lot of slack you know flack from people telling you Patriots? Yes, I <laughs> I have to explain myself quite frequently. They're like, you live in Florida. Why aren't you a Dolphins fan? Uh, I'm a Patriots fan. Okay, well, if you're not a Dolphins fan, why aren't you a Bucks fan or a Jags fan? <laughs> I'm a Patriots fan because my dad was born and raised in Connecticut, and he's a Patriots fan. My grandfather has been a Patriots fan or was a Patriots fan from the beginning until he passed away. Like, It's how I was raised. It's what we grew up watching. So it's how I became a fan. I'm not just going to randomly decide, oh, I'm from Florida. I'm going to go be a Dolphins fan. Right. Like, that's that's not how that works. When you grow up in a sports house with parents or siblings who have a team, like, Mm -hmm. that's that's who you watch. That's who they cheer for. That's who – that's how they explain it. They tell you um, Patriots are good, Dolphins are bad, like – that's just how you grow up is that fandom and that hatred of other teams as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's funny that you bring that up because I'm a Cowboys fan. I live in that area, but my parents were also Cowboys fans. So that's kind of the reason why I decided that's my team. Right. And it's just funny when people are like, why are you a Cowboys fan? Oh, you could be a fan of any team, blah, 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 blah. blah. And it's like, I've been a fan of theirs since I was a tiny child. So give me some slack, guys. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I hate this note. Like, I hate that people are like, well, you're from this area. You have to be a fan of that team. Or, mm-hmm. like, I know plenty of people who are a fan of the Yankees, the Lakers, um, the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, the, um, the Rams. And it's like, you're all over the place. Okay, cool, fine, whatever. But there are purest people who are like, no, you have to be a fan of one team, of one city. Mm-hmm. So if it's a Boston fan, all the Boston sports. New York, pick a football team, but then it's the Knicks. Uh, then, well, now you have options because you've got the Knicks, the Nets, you've got the Yankees, the Mets, you've got the Giants, the Jets. I mean... But it's it's all within New York. And then you've got Dallas and all of those teams. And then Los Angeles and all of its 64,000 different teams. But, like, 
it doesn't matter let yep. let people be a fan of whoever they want to be a fan of so when you're playing not when you're playing but now that you have more eyes on fantasy football even before you were actively in the community doing your own content did did you start becoming fans of certain players while you were looking over all this fantasy information um kind of i became fans of players before i even really got into fantasy because even to this day i don't like numbers i prefer words so to get into the analytics of players and all of their numbers and their yardage and their yards per carry and their yards per like rushing like all of that still is just like on the back burner to me because i i tolerate it i i don't like numbers mm-hmm. um i liked players that i liked i i will forever be a gronk fan um he was good and he was fun how do you not love gronk on your team uh julian edelman small and fast he was good like of course how do you not i liked wes welker until he went to denver and then wes welker was dead to me (laughs) (laughs) oh sorry wes and then like i I was a Tom Brady fan. I had a Tom Brady jersey. It was the only player jersey I ever owned. And then Tom went to Tampa. And I was like, I tried to be happy for Tom in Tampa. I just I just couldn't. <laughs> he abandoned us. And I was like, no, I can't. I can't support you. Well, yeah, there's like two camps on that. You know, there's the, you know, good for him. And then there's the really dude. Mm-hmm. Like, really? So, yeah. I, but I get it. I totally get it. I haven't had to really deal with that with a quarterback <laughs> going to another team or anything lately. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but you know, I, I totally I hear there's can talks it. though. You might have to you shortly. Know I, you know, I need a change of pace here because <laughs> whatever's happening now, like I know that you're having to deal with a situation where you're not, your team's not winning every single year. Like, yeah, it's that's kind of probably it's sad. Yeah, I was wondering. I mean, I've been. <laughs> I've been having since I was, you know, like a little tiny kid sitting here waiting, like really. Uh-huh. So like, don't even, st- I know, I'm sure that yeah. lots of people are like. <laughs> oh yeah. They're you, all listening you know, to me going, just, shut you know, up. Now you know how we Spoiled feel. Spoiled brat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, speaking of Dallas and winning, I had to laugh because I think it was one of the late night talk shows. It was either Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon. And they did this thing where they do uh, different hashtags where they ask people to submit tweets or whatever for this hashtag. And the hashtag was my sports superstition. And this one guy said, my dad only wears one sock every time the Cowboys play because he was wearing one sock when they won the Super Bowl. And I'm like, I don't think that superstition's working for him. I think I think that's something he can stop. Yeah, maybe we need to stop doing that because yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I don't think that's working. Don't keep trying the same stuff. I mean, the Cowboys that's do keep trying the same. The stuff literal definition of insanity yeah, exactly. is doing the right. same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. <laughs> okay, so playing fantasy football, we can say, did what is something that you have taken from your years of playing fantasy football that is a good word of advice to people that are just starting out playing fantasy football. 
If you're just getting started playing fantasy football, have fun. Have fun. It's, it's fantasy football. It's not life or death. Sure, everybody wants to win. Sure, everybody wants to uh, beat their friends. Sure, this, that, and the other. But first and foremost, it's about camaraderie, community, and having fun. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm not an analyst, so I'm not going to give you words of advice on how to draft or how to do this. Actually, I will give you a word of advice on how to draft. Draft however you want to. Mm-hmm. Whether it's zero RB, heavy RB, um, if you want to take two quarterbacks in the first two rounds, sure, people are going to look at you funny. But if that's your strategy and that's what you want to do, do it. Stick by it. Stand with it. If you do something and somebody questions you on it, stand by your decision i like it <laughs> you guys can't see but shrugs because there's, like, a, lot, there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of talking <laughs> with happening <laughs> no 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 that I, that's the only way see the the visual aspect of podcasting i'm not a part of but i know that you are a part of that whole whole wave of now video is what's in right so mm-hmm. how how did I just want to go back to when you first started even podcasting or any of that stuff. Like, how did you stumble across that world? How did you figure out you could do that? So my first ever live stream that I hosted was the very first ever women of fantasy football live stream back in 2020. And I had the club fantasy crew, which was Josh Hudson, Ryan Weiss, Joe Zolo, and then myself and my co-host in the beginning, Lauren Carpenter, stepmom Lauren. And so all of them, none of them were new to live stream. None of them were new to hosting. None of them were new to any of it. And they were all like, you've got this. You're going to be fine. And I was a nervous wreck at first. I am an outgoing person. I am a social butterfly. I will talk to anybody and everybody. But I think the the thought and the idea of being live to potentially a bunch more people than usual and that self-doubt crept in of you've never done this before. What are people going to think of you? Um, you have no business doing this. Um, And so I was nervous and all of them knowing me and my personality and my ability to talk and carry on and carry a conversation. They're like, you're going to be fine. And after the first few minutes or hiccups or whatever, I got into a groove and I'd say the first episode was shaky just because it was all of us coming together for the first time. And then it was the first uh, time happening. And then the rest of the episodes that year were were a cake and had you ever i know that that was the first time doing a podcast where it was yours but had you ever even guessed it on a podcast before or were you going into it completely um i think i had guessed it i know i had guessed it on a pod i don't know if it was before or after the start of women of fantasy football i was on uh dynasty trades hq i guessed it with them and then 
I know I was on. Oh, I can't even think of the name of it now. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> It's gonna come I, to I can, you like in the I can middle see of the I can question. it's it's it was uh, J Mike check I can see the ish but I cannot think of the name of the oh, show the open bar yeah yeah so I'm oh, I yeah. think those were before Women of Fantasy Football um and I've guessed it on several pods since then but that was no, my first don't. like <laughs> open bar yeah i had gabe on the second episode of this podcast and like jay mike's coming on soon guys spoiler alert yay yay so that yeah open bar i think was the first time i had ever been on anything i was like what do i need to come mm -hmm. on there and he's just like do you have a microphone you you know <laughs> do you have headphones i'm like sure yeah sure and he's like that's all you really need like headphones with a microphone i'm like okay that was the beauty that is the beauty of the open bar pod is that it's just shenanigans and oh, yeah. it's fun shenanigans yes fun <laughs> yeah if you don't know what that is you need to go it, it, hiatus or gone i don't know but it's a great show promises yes. so okay i haven't asked you really even how you came across the fantasy community in the first place how did you come across the fantasy football niche that they're the grouping of people that were all the same kind of crazy wackos mm -hmm. about fantasy <laughs> <laughs> um once again josh hudson i think i started <laughs> yeah he's for good bad or indifferent he's the reason that i am as involved in this community as i am um whether he wants to take credit for it or not <laughs> it is a it's just a fact um I started following Josh on Twitter and then I don't know if he recommended a handful of people and then that's I think he mentioned Lauren to me and I started following her and then as it usually is with Twitter and following people in the industry and new people it kind of just snowballs mm -hmm. to following this person and then this person this person this person like so I think that's how I found this niche little market that we call fantasy Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Do, I mean, I know there's tons of platforms out there social media wise when it comes to fantasy football communities and things of that nature. Are you strictly on Twitter or are, are you active on other social media as well? I'm active on social media, but not for fantasy football. For fantasy stuff, it's just Twitter. Gotcha. Most of my, like my Facebook and my Instagram are all my friends mm -hmm. and most of them don't <laughs> understand what I, I do. <laughs> They're like, she play I do have friends that'll come to me for fantasy advice, but again, I'm not an analyst. So I always outsource yeah. <laughs> to other people. Um, but no, all of my fantasy stuff is just Twitter. Well, that's cool. I, I, that's where I hang out. So A plus. When you interact with people on Twitter about fantasy football, it's a big, you know, there's lots of group chats. There's lots of, you know, I mean, we even have the expo, right? And so mm -hmm. many people get to meet in person. And I know you mm -hmm. have been to the expo. When you went to the fantasy, if you guys don't know what the fantasy football expo is, and you need to go Google that right now or go to the fantasy football. 
Expo.com. Correct. Okay. <laughs> and, Only because I was there yesterday. Okay. Okay. I wonder how many people like go on there like daily, just like, I mean, I know we already announced stuff, but whatever. Anyway, anyway, back on track with the expo and being a part of that. When you first went to the expo, well, first of all, how many years have you gone? And then when you first went, what was your first initial reaction? So my first year at the expo was 2021. They didn't have it in 2020 because of COVID. Um, so I've been the last two years now. And the so in 2021, the expo was the weekend after our first episode of Women of Fantasy Football for that year. And it was it was surreal because in 2021, I had been part of the fantasy community for maybe a year and a half, two years. We had been doing Women of Fantasy Football. We were on our second annual set of shows, but it had only been about a year since we had been doing it. And I had several people come up to me and say, hey, you're Faith. And I was like, I am. Hey, how are you? And they're like, I'm great. How are you? And I'm like, great have enjoy your time and i walked away and i was like i have no idea who that was so the fact that people knew me and recognized me was just so strange to me because here i thought that i was just this niche little corner market sure i'm outspoken and i make my presence known but that doesn't mean random people from twitter who aren't analysts are gonna know who i am right so well if okay so what about if your friends that you actually get to see often not people that you only get to see once or twice a year but those people were able to see how the expo was and how people recognize you what do you think that they would be saying to you afterwards um i know when i tell my mom every time i tell my mom or the first time i told her that story she went and told everybody she knew. Um, <laughs> and when Women of Fantasy Football hosted uh, the women's panel at the expo last year, and I told her that I was uh, sitting on a panel, she told everyone she knew. And she was telling me a story. My mom volunteers at a thrift store. And this 20-something guy came in to buy like a suit or a sports jacket and pants and she made a comment about a job interview I think and he said no we're every year when we do our fantasy football draft we all dress up like it's the actual draft and she was telling him she's like have you ever heard of the expo and he's like yeah I have that's in Ohio right and she's like yeah she's like my daughter is speaking on a panel and so my mom is telling people um but my mom is my mom has no idea about fantasy football. She doesn't watch football. She doesn't even like sports. She has no idea what I do. Even when I tell her, she's like, yeah, I don't know what that is. But she's the first person to tell everybody. Yeah. No, I get, I got you. My dad's the same way, but I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> you know what? It's perfect to have a little person in your corner yeah. as a cheerleader. That's, that's correct. Excellent. So the expo you brought up, the women's panel, how was getting to participate in that? What was your reaction to being asked to be a part of it? Or how did that come about? So um, Women of Fantasy Football 
sponsored the panel. And so I think I was kind of unsure because in the fantasy community, we talk about imposter syndrome. And honestly, that's just something in the world in general is that, like I mentioned before, I don't do analysis. I'm not a fantasy analyst. I don't break down tapes. I don't look at numbers. I couldn't rattle off stats about anybody. I edit. I edit words. I edit written articles. So I pick up tidbits here and there, but it's not like I sit and look at the details of how this player performed last week. So when the idea of the panel was thrown out, I wanted to host. I wanted to like mediate the panel because I didn't think that I had anything to say on the panel. I was like, I don't write. I don't podcast about fantasy football. Like I was like, I don't really have anything to say. And so it was Kelly who said, no, you, I, you belong there just as much as they do to show that content creation or fantasy the fantasy community and fantasy sports isn't about just content creation because without editors, half of the stuff that's written and posted wouldn't look or sound or read as well as it does. And I think it's important for people to hear your side of that, to know that, Hey, just because they can't or don't want to write or create podcasts or TikToks or whatever, there's still a place for them. And so when she phrased it like that, I was like, okay, that's valid. I, I will agree with that. Hey, yeah, you, that awesome human that's listening to this podcast right now, I'm breaking in for just a moment to let you know that I know you love your fantasy football leagues. I know you do. And I know you want to get something special for the league, whether that be a draft board, a ring, a belt, a championship trophy. There's so many awesome things that you can get for your league. And if you check out Trophy Smack, that's where you need to go to get all that rad stuff. Only place you need to check out. You can go over there right now using the affiliate link in the description, and you can use code GETREALPOD for a free ring with the purchase of a trophy or belt. Note, you must have both the trophy or belt plus the ring in your cart for the discount to apply. All right, now you can get back to listening to this episode. You had to. There you go. And you know what? The rest is history because you, you blew it out of the park or whatever the saying is. That is not the saying. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hit it out the it, park. Hit it, it out, out of the park, the blew it out blew of the water. Blew it up, you know, blew it out of the water. There you go. I See, mean, I can so even... did you because you were on that same panel. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, uh, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, okay. So the panel was super rad. And being a part of it was super rad mm -hmm. as well. And women of fantasy football is, you said, sponsored it, which obviously, obviously. Can you explain to people exactly what you guys do with the show and how the whole idea even came into your brain in the first place? Absolutely. So it was the spring of 2020. <laughs> the Twitter fantasy community was abuzz with the actions of a man who worked for fantasy pros uh doing some shady shady things talking to some talking to a woman in a way he should not have been uh and it came to light and so once again josh hudson 
came to me and (laughs) came to me and said you see what's going on and I was like yeah and he's like this is what I want to do I want to take the four Wednesdays in August and the beginning of September between the beginning of football season and the end of their preview series for no pun intended the podcast for club fantasy he goes and i want to do us those four wednesdays a month of women in fantasy football i want to find women in the fantasy community and introduce twitter to them introduce the world to them but make sure that it's a little bit about football but mostly about them mostly about them as people as women as wives as as sports fans so that the world gets to know them as who they are and not what they do or what they know and so he's like this oh my goodness it must have been march or april when he came to me and our shows were in august and i was like okay so i have like no time to figure this out gotcha um our first set of guests that year were amazing Uh, we had liz loza we had you we had kate and michelle we had uh linda godfrey uh, making her podcast yeah i remember that yep yeah um we had brandon mary and lee we had so many amazing women we also had so many amazing hosts and so our first set of shows we were were amazing and we had we raffled off some autographed memorabilia and some other stuff to raise money and at the time we donated it to the women's sports foundation and then in 2021 i interviewed um I had the the amazing privilege of interviewing both Stefania Bell and Laura Oakman on the same show. Laura Oakman introduced us to Galvanize, intro- explained all that to us, which if you don't know who Laura Oakman is and if you don't know what Galvanize is, you should go look that up. Go read about that organization. It's fantastic. Laura is doing wonders. Uh, to make sure that women in sports and sports media are are seen and heard and known. And it's fantastic. So after interviewing Laura and hearing about Galvanize and all that stuff, I went to Josh and I said, I don't think the Women's Sports Foundation is where we should be partnered with anymore. Some things had been changed as far as our relationship with them and it just wasn't as personable anymore as to how we were handled and dealt with and so I said what do you think if we asked Laura about taking the donations that we get from the the raffle and all the the jersey stuff and giving it to galvanize to I don't know however she wants to use it And so we approached Laura with it and she said that that was fantastic. 
but she wanted it to be a true partnership. And so we have since partnered with Galvanize that um, funds raised from the raffles of signed memorabilia go to creating a scholarship for women who want to take a Galvanize boot camp, but maybe don't have the funds for it and or don't have all of the funds for it because to us the women of fantasy football it's important that women are able to chase their dreams in sports and not have to worry about how they're gonna do it yeah so that's and we're in the process we continue that partnership we are in the process of adding female writers and female podcast hosts we have um kelly singh who hosts a golf dfs podcast called who's your caddy during this season she hosted this sneaky flex with rowan and Maisie, who are twin eight-year-olds who play fantasy football and they would give their flex picks every week and so for us it's about fostering the next generation of women in fantasy football and making sure that girls and women know that it's not just a boys club anymore that there is a place for them right and it's crazy to see how the growth of women in fantasy football has happened just over the last few years even and I know Mm -hmm. that you've been able to talk to so many awesome women and I'm sure you have a way about going into interviews. How do you prepare yourself for going in talking to somebody that maybe you don't even know? So we do a little bit of research beforehand. We figure out what questions we want to ask. We figure out what things we want to know. Like I said, sometimes it may be about football or sports, but a lot of times it's, random facts we find on their Twitter or on their Instagram and all that stuff. And yes, it's live streamed. Yes. The internet is watching, but I just look at it as a conversation with a friend um, or somebody I'm trying to get to know. And so that takes kind of the, the stress of it or the anxiety of being live out of it. And you don't, I'm also outgoing and don't necessarily get anxious or anxiety, which is helpful. I know that people struggle with that. Um, But so I would just say preparation is key. Lucky when it comes to the anxiety stuff. But (laughs) when you're podcasting, you're interviewing people, I know that some people that listen to this podcast are are trying to gain knowledge about how do I interview people? How do I, you know, talk to people? What kind of advice do you have for people about holding a good conversation with someone and making sure that it flows nicely? So that's a little bit trickier. For some people, it just flows naturally. For myself, I can fill conversation and it flows naturally. If you know that that's something that you struggle with, um, as I say, 64,000 ums. Me too. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) If that's something you struggle with, write notes, get your questions out of the way and practice with the practice with yourself in the mirror, 
practice with a friend that you trust that won't make you feel any less because you need the practice. And honestly, the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. Practice makes not perfect, but it makes you more comfortable. It does. It makes you a lot more comfortable. And I like what you said about looking in a mirror or or talking to a friend or whatever, because I do that in my car when I'm driving. I'm like, okay, what question am I going to ask? What do I think the general answer, you know, could be, or just put something there. And then where do I go from there? So try to do that. And then I get on the podcast and it just goes all out the window, but that's okay. (laughs) You know, at least I'm trying. So, and that's all you can really do is get out there and try Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. see what you like. And maybe also maybe interview podcasts aren't for you. Maybe some other type of podcast is for you. There's there's so much stuff out there that hasn't been tapped or has been Mm -hmm. tapped, but can be tapped even better. Is there, is there anything, I know that you aren't an analyst, but I'm sure you play a lot of fantasy football or do you play what kind of fantasy football? Are you strictly one or do you play dynasty redress? How (laughs) how does that go for you? Um, my club fantasy, uh, fam is going to laugh hearing this when you ask if I play dynasty I tend to stick to redraft as a general rule of thumb I thoroughly dislike dynasty I hate with every fiber of my being trading I hate it I hate it so much hate it so much mostly because I can never like I can't evaluate or at give a value to like picks So, like, I, if you're trying to trade me a player for, like, two draft picks, like, I don't, I don't understand that valuation. So, I just, I just stay away from trades. I hate it. So, as a general rule of thumb, I stay away from Dynasty because a big part of the offseason in Dynasty or even season is trading and trading picks. So, I'm in one Dynasty league that was on a different platform. We just moved it to Sleeper. And so we're redrafting all over again rather than moving everything by hand. And then I recently took an orphan spot in our club fantasy uh, writers dynasty league. And they all know that I hate trading. (laughs) So they've already come to me with a trade. And here's the thing. (laughs) Even before this, even in this league, if somebody comes to me with a trade, I will screenshot it and ask six different people before I make any decisions. Oh, I've done that before. There's no shame in if, if trading is not your strong suit, there's no shame in asking for advice or help or whatever. Yeah. I wish I would have known that when I first started, because I was like trying to do everything on my own. And then like my team just was (laughs) not the greatest, but as time went, you know, everything ends up being all right. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't want to be in a trade addicts league then. I think no, that's probably <laughs> trade addict seven. Nope. Shout out trade addict seven. Anyway, that okay. See, for me who doesn't get anxiety, that would give me anxiety. Okay, okay, okay. And yeah, definitely stay away <laughs> from the dynasty thing. Definitely. I want to go back to editing because I think it's important for people that are listening that want to get into this space that want to get into something that isn't just putting out an article or doing a podcast, but they, they want to do the stuff that isn't often talked about. Mm -hmm. Like, so with editing, 
how, how would you suggest a person who's interested in getting into that? What would your first piece of advice be? Where, where should they look? What should they think about doing? What would your first piece of advice be? If you play fantasy football, if you want to edit fit written fantasy football content, um, put it out in the Twitterverse. Um, tweet about it. Hit up some of your smaller sites um, who maybe don't have an editor. They maybe only have one or two writers. They're self-editing. Um, all of that stuff. Because they're smaller. You will not get paid most likely but it's a place for you to start um it's somewhere for you to get your feet wet as far as editing goes and then just keep your eyes peeled and make your self known as somebody who edits and who likes to edit people will find you people found me there you go just like that. Put it out there for real, though. Are there any tips that you would give to somebody who's a writer that could make an editor's job a lot easier? What is something that? I mean, <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> commas matter. The Oxford comma is your friend. If you don't know what the Oxford comma is, Google it. Commas matter. If you're if you are a writer and you are writing for a specific site, ask what they're looking for. Ask what they kind of want from their writers when submitting an article, whether it's formatting, whether it's a certain uh, key phrase, whether it's whatever it is ask because that makes an editor's job easier when you ask and then they walk it through and then you you do it for them instead of the editors then having to go in and not only edit your words but then take care of your seo which is your search and search engine optimization your featured image if you're using wordpress and it's how the article is displayed your article title um just all of that stuff makes the life of an editor easier when it's one less step that they have to do. Yeah. I found making your editors happy is always a good thing. So definitely. yes, it is. <laughs> my, uh, my writers at IDP guys know that full well. Is, is there anything in the editing world that has been a hurdle for you? Something that you had to like get better at something that you needed to, kind of mold into what you wanted it to be the the editing the, of the words and the grammar was always natural to me it was when you started getting into wordpress and having to make sure that the title was catchy and it worked we have um at idp guys we use a format that with a nut graph and it basically an opening image and then this like one sentence paragraph to get your attention. So that was something new to me. Dealing with a meta description, which is what shows up on Google when you search for whatever linebackers or running backs or draft results, whatever. It shows up under the link to your article, this small little paragraph. 
that was new to me. Anything that had to do with the search engine optimization or SEO or anything along that side of it was new to me. Yeah, I think that's all. It's really interesting when people come on and talk about SEO because like it is new to a lot of people, especially when they first start, you know, when they have no clue what they're doing. It it is. Mm -hmm. So how about IDP guys? You did bring up IDP Mm -hmm. guys. That's who you edit for. Going back to leagues, have you ever been in an IDP league or are you in an IDP league? I, so my second year in like really playing fantasy football was my first year on fantasy Twitter. I had never played IDP, barely even knew what IDP was. I decided to join an all IDP league. There was no offense. It was just IDP. Wow. <laughs> and <laughs> shout out Detroit Beastie because I DM'd him and I was like, I'm making you co-manager. You're going to help me. And he's like, okay, because Chris is literally one of the nicest people <laughs> on Twitter. And then every year the IDP guys has the IDP guys autism awareness invitational. So it mirrors Scott Fishbowl scoring every year, but it has IDP. So there's that. Plus, we have an IDP guys uh, writers league. And then we have a, a felines and fantasy football league that has IDP in it. So I'm in like three leagues with IDP. Okay. I, I like IDP. IDP yeah. is fun. Yeah. Even, don't let everybody you know out there that wants to tell you IDP is not fun. I've I've played it before. I'm not. It's not my cup of tea, but it wasn't horrible. So <laughs> well, there's a nice glowing review. Correct. Well, that's the thing is what you enjoy. Trade addicts, not my cup of tea. I don't like it. Right. Is not fun for me. But I'm not gonna sit there and say it's terrible. Nobody should do it. Mm-hmm. If it's something that you think you might be interested in try it if you don't like it you can leave after the season if you love it you can keep going you'll never really know how you like a a league setting until you try it what kind of league settings are your favorite do you have something that even if it's out there or whatever it is something that jumps out at you is something that you enjoy in your leagues uh i am simple i like my simple my simple settings i like my my yard, my uh, points per carry. I like my touchdowns to be six points. I don't like negative points for missed field goals. I I like my your normal air quotes for those of you who can't see them settings. <laughs> you know, air quotes are uh, normal. There's no such thing as normal in fantasy football. We all know that's that true. Feature. Okay, Scott Fishbowl is something you brought up, which is something that I love talking about on here because so many people get to play in it and the people mm-hmm. that haven't gotten to play in it, you know, they are excited every year anyway and mm-hmm. it raises a ton of money for charity. It's just all around just super yes. awesome. So I, three years you've been in Scott Fishbowl, is that correct? Yes. Okay. And what was, when you first went into the Scott Fishbowl, how did you even find out about the Scott Fishbowl and when you got that invitation how did it feel so my first year in Scott Fishbowl was 20 
20. I um I hate math. I had to do that math. <laughs> so it was 2020 and I I don't think I knew, I didn't even know. So when I applied, I didn't even know what it was. I just saw all these people talking about it and I was like, sure. I'll, <laughs> I'll go apply. I had just started in the fantasy space. I was writing for Dynasty Happy Hour. They brought me on as the first lady of DHH. I had written one article, I think. And I, like I said, I applied, didn't really know what it was, had zero thought. Like I was a hundred percent sure I wasn't getting in. And then I got the invitation and I was like, holy crap. I'm in Scott Fishbowl. Like, I don't, I still wasn't a hundred percent sure of what I was doing with fantasy football or like even how it was played, but I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm in Scott Fishbowl. Right. Like what is happening here? <laughs> um, so, and it's to this, to this day, uh, when, even if you've been in it the prior years, getting that, that invitation email is always a little exhilarating to know that you're you're back in it again because Scott Fishbowl is such an awesome thing. Scott Fish is such an awesome person and it's just so fun to be a part of and to just have that little community. And I understand that people get upset when they're not invited and my excitement's not to like diss on any of that, but mm-hmm. Sometimes that's life is the if there's ever a year that I don't get invited, I'll be upset as well. But I'm I'll be happy for everybody else because it's not about me. It's about fantasy cares. It's about toys for tots. It's about other people. Well, I really thought you were going to say Josh Hudson was the reason that you got in a Scott Fishbowl since that's been your answer for like half the questions. <laughs> well, so the first year I got into Scott Fishbowl, Josh did not. And he'd been applying. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got in before Josh did. Drama. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay. I thought so. <laughs> I, I mean, sorry, Josh. No offense. I mean, I'm just, you it's okay. know, I you can this, go back and the- laugh exactly you can laugh we can laugh about it now go back and laugh about it i i'm in the semis this year with joe zolo and we like to give josh and ryan uh, a hard time because they didn't make the playoffs at all so i'm like remember remember that time when i didn't even know what fantasy football was he's like shut up <laughs> you know <laughs> i hear that a lot from like my friends that play in my league that don't know that really they're like sorry i won but you know i don't <laughs> i don't know anything okay <laughs> scott fishbowl mm-hmm. did you did you participate in a live scott fishbowl this year i did i was in the orlando live 2 draft on sleeper I was on the same team as, funnily enough, Josh Hudson. Hey. (laughs) I was picking at five. He picked at six. So 
there were so many great people at that live draft. Troy King was there. Um, FF Chalupa Batman. Zach was there. Uh, goodness gracious. And now I'm blanking on everybody yeah. else that was there. I'm sure you guys can find it out. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, looking around Twitter. But my, my favorite thing was I was picking at the five spot. Josh was picking at the six spot. And twice in the same turn, I sniped him. I sniped him first. Of, so he made his pick. I selected right after him. I took Josh Jacobs. He's like, I was hoping josh would come back around to me at the turn so then we get to my pick right before him he's on his laptop he's not paying attention i look at the stickers and i see that his guy is still available so me being me being the nice friend that i am i took him and so i i'm laughing as the sticker on this on this board i go sit down Josh is still like catching up with his notes, trying to make his game plan. He looks up and he's like, <laughs> he just goes, <laughs> he said loud enough for the entire room to hear the F word. And <laughs> I am laughing. And Zach, who is a writer for Club Fantasy, also knows that Josh's guy is Deontay Johnson. He walks over and literally without seeing anything, he's like, did somebody take Deontay? And I was like, I did. And Josh is like, I hate you. And I was like, no, you don't. But every year, every podcast we were on, every live stream that we did, any time I had the ability to worm in there that I sniped him twice of Deontay Johnson and Josh Jacobs, I did because it's fun. <laughs> know your league mates right <laughs> live drafts are so much fun and it was so much fun i can't even imagine getting to participate in one for the scott fishbowl that's that's mm -hmm. just a dream and hopefully you know dallas hopefully you know yeah. and we <laughs> had we had three drafts in the same room yep so like when it wasn't your turn you had people like walking around looking at the other draft board seeing how things were going and it was just all kinds of fun. And ours was at a Disney resort. So <laughs> did it did it surprise you to see how different I don't know if the drafts were different or if they were pretty much similar, all the three that were going on in there. But I know that when I looked at live drafts versus like looking at just a draft that was going on, I was like, wow, these are like nine day different. Oh, the they that... were the 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 in-person ones, even in the same room, were different from each other but like you said live drafts versus online drafts were very different and i kind of said it before and people say it all the time is you walk into a draft and you have a plan you're like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this this is i'm gonna take them in this order and sometimes that doesn't work so sometimes you just have to let the board dictate what you're gonna do because you can, when the board zigs, you can zag. Or when the board zigs, you can zig right along with it. And, but it's not just you. So this game plan yeah. that you have, nine times out of ten, doesn't work out the way that you think it's going to. Especially if you're playing with people who know you. Especially if you're playing with, it never happens <laughs> the way you want it to when you're playing with people. But like, mm -hmm. Faith is just like, I know exactly 
I mean, it's sneaky, sneaky, you know. So, what are you gonna do? You just your Using friends' the knowledge they're giving you. Your enemies closer. <laughs> and you know, maybe if he would have gotten the players that you sniped from him, then maybe he would have done better. Maybe but... he would have made the playoffs. Yeah, maybe he would have made the playoffs. But so he he's got that. didn't. But he didn't. So, oh, buddy, we're gonna have to make this a Josh Hudson drinking game. <laughs> Every time you hear his name, go ahead and take a shot. Oh my God. Please don't. Please don't. I don't I do not promote that at all. Please Because there's not. a lot of Josh Hudson's in this. There's podcast. a lot. Oh, no. another one. <laughs> okay, let's talk more about you. I when we got started, we we dove dived both. We <laughs> dove into fantasy football and mm-hmm. you know your life in that space. But we didn't talk too much about prior to fantasy football and growing up and everything like that and I don't go way way into detail but when you were younger what what did you want to be when you grew up what was like that job that you were like yeah that's what I'm gonna be well that all depends on what age um because when I was five I wanted to be a clown to make people laugh when I was like (laughs) nine I wanted to be a marine biologist when I was like 12 I wanted to be a lawyer um when I was like 17 no because it was younger than that when i graduated when i was like 14 i wanted to own my own restaurant so i we had a local technical school here that had a culinary program so i actually went to culinary school and graduated with a certificate in culinary arts And when about three quarters of the way through it, I realized it was too fast paced and stressful for me and I wanted no part of it. And so now I've worked for the elections office for 16 years. Way to go. 16 years. That's a long time to stick with the job. I'm just saying there's lots of people Mm -hmm. out there that, you know, I'm getting, I've been at my job for like 12 years. I work for a county as well, you know, so Mm -hmm. it, it is, it's pretty cool to, see the progression i guess and then Mm -hmm. this is where we are but we're also getting to do the fun stuff that we want to do with the fantasy space and all of that so it's cool to see that i like Mm -hmm. hearing stories from people that kind of have to balance both Mm -hmm. how how do you balance you know you're working and then you have all this other stuff as well when it comes to fantasy football How, how do you balance it all so there are times where it gets really hectic so generally election season falls at the same time as football season so last year florida had a gubernatorial election we were electing or re-electing a governor depending on who you were voting for and so there were some other things that needed to happen but in august we had a primary election and then in november we had a general election meaning that was when final decisions were being made of who would be elected or re-elected Um, As most of you know, in October, Fort Myers, my city, my town, got hit with a devastating Category 5 hurricane. So we had to figure out how to conduct an election post-hurricane in the midst of hurricane cleanup, trying to find places to hold these elections because buildings were destroyed we had people displaced people out of town because we have a lot of snowbirds so i'm trying to deal with hurricane recovery repair 
plus trying to conduct an election in the midst of that, plus editing anywhere from 13 to 15 fantasy articles a week all at once. And so it was it was stressful. I'm grateful to some of the other people at IDP guys that I could lean on and say, hey, can you take this day for me because I have to drive home from Georgia or this day for me because I have to do this. So sometimes it's a juggling act and you have three different balls in the air at the same time. Sometimes one of them falls. And so it's, it's times like this where it's the off season. It's not an election season that I just, sit and revel in the fact that I can relax and not have to stress and just wait for it to come back around because that's the nature of the beast. It's what I signed up for. If it ever gets to be too much, I will delegate, but just take it in stride. I mean, it sounds like you're, you know, you know, what's, what's up and, and you sound like, you know how to delegate so that, that you know you know you know what you need to do so and you know the weather was something that you brought up and i know that the fantasy football community just to see that they were trying as much as they could to help you out and in mm-hmm. during the whole ugh, the whole craziness of it all mm-hmm. that that just made me so happy to see people doing that in the community so how important has this community been to you so (laughs) i i'll put it this way i had more people in the fantasy community call me text me dm me message me to check in on me to see how i was doing to see if they could help to see if there was anything they could do um than family members i have some family members that still haven't called or texted or checked in on me to see how any of that is doing um or how I'm doing to this to this day so I like to say the fantasy community is really like family because yes we bicker sometimes we fight sometimes we throw punches at each other but when one of our own is hurt or one of our own needs help we come together and that's and that's what family does that's what family should do let me say that so i learned firsthand how amazing this community can be because i've watched this community be amazing but it's it's something completely different when you're on the receiving end especially when you're somebody who doesn't always take compliments or praise or help well it's like the editing thing i have people that i can ask for help But I feel like I have to do it all myself sometimes unless I'm like super overwhelmed. So as somebody who has control issues, I guess we'll call it, and likes to just hold on to everything and do it all herself, accepting help was humbling and in the most amazing way, in the most emotional way. Yeah. No. I can feel emotions right now. I don't like it. (laughs) Exactly. Emotions are gross. 
Okay, well, I wrote something down. We're going to go back to the, what I wrote down because I was sitting there trying to, like, like you said, math, not my thing. I'm trying to do mm -hmm. the math. So when you graduated, did you graduate like a semester early or did you skip a grade? So <laughs> I was I, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, gra <laughs> I graduated at 16. Okay. Okay. I was like, <laughs> at barely 16. So I started, I'm a late November baby. So usually I turned five at the end of November. Usually they want to hold you back um, until to start kindergarten until you're five. My mother fought. She said, no, she's ready to go to school. So I started kindergarten at four and then turned five and then I skipped eighth grade. So okay. look at you and <laughs> doing everything, man. I'm telling you why you're learning something new. No, I was just like. Okay, let me see what's going on here. So that, Yeah, that, so I turned 16 in November and I graduated in May. Okay. Okay. Wow. And when I was 16, I don't I there's no way I <laughs> no. do not I mm, we're not even going to get into that. It's not my episode. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> and not Josh Hudson's. All right. And so not Josh <laughs> So, okay. Graduating at 16, that I can't, like I said, I couldn't, but how, what were your hobbies and likes when you were in that age, you know, like right after you graduated and, you know, I know culinary arts were big, but what else did you have going on? Nothing really. I was an only child, so I didn't really have any siblings to play with. And I had been homeschooled for high school. And so it's not like I had high school friends. And even when I did go to school, which was elementary school, I was always the weird kid. Um, I didn't really have friends from then either. Um, I was that kid who would sit at recess and read a book and not go run around and play in the jungle gyms or whatever. So when I was 16 and graduated, I I was, I read a lot. I was a homebody. I was that person. And as soon as I graduated, I actually went and started working at 16. Mm, I might've been 17. And so I didn't really have hobbies. Yeah. You weren't like, I would never... Never mind. I'm not going to tell you what I was doing when I was 16 and 17. I am not incriminating myself. No, no, no. <laughs> but, okay. So, socially, as you get older, and I, I know that you gain friends as you go because you're such a personable person and everything and mm -hmm. getting to meet people from the internet is crazy enough, but you know, I know it really we is expo earlier, but when you meet somebody for the first time and you're not talking to them face to face via an, an internet connection, but you're actually mm -hmm. making a human connection, how, like, what is your first thoughts? Like, are you calm or are you like, or is it normal? Is it just like a normal conversation? As a general, as a general rule of thumb, I am an extrovert. So when I meet somebody new for the first time, I go into that conversation or I try to hold a conversation like I would want somebody to hold a conversation with me. I mean, 
pretend like you're interested, even if you aren't. Just ask questions. Have a conversation. And it's if it's awkward, if you aren't enjoying the conversation, it's okay to find a way to segue out of it and walk away if you feel uncomfortable, if anything like that. See, and that's why you're so good at interviewing people. And that's why you don't have the anxiety about it because you're <laughs> just so, you know, you're just so used to it. I get it from my mom. My mom's outgoing. Okay. Well, I mean, I wish I could. People that. person. Okay. Okay. I don't know how I feel about people, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> to, to quote my mom, a stranger is just a friend she hasn't met yet. Hey. Yeah, that really does sound like the apple doesn't fall very far from the no. tree right there. Hey, got that <laughs> one right. <laughs> okay, Faith, I, it has been such a great, I'm, I loved having you on and, and getting to talk to you. And I know we haven't got to, we didn't get to touch on everything, but go ahead and before you we say goodbye, go ahead and plug everything and tell everybody where they can find all your stuff. So you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Leap of Faith. You can follow Women of Fantasy Football on Twitter at Women of underscore FF. Um, you can find all of our previous episodes of Women of Fantasy Football, all of our interviews on the Club Fantasy YouTube, youtube.com uh, Club Fantasy FFL. Uh, there's even an episode of Women of Fantasy Football that involves the one and only Casey Kasem that you should go watch. Uh, It's pretty awesome. There's so many amazing women on there. Plus all kinds of other shows that you can go watch her story in the making with the amazing Brit Flynn. She's fantastic as well. Women of fantasy football will be coming to you again this August You can also find myself and a bunch of other amazing women of fantasy football at the Women of Fantasy Football panel at the Fantasy Football Expo in Canton, Ohio this August. It's bound to be a fantastic time. Definitely. Big stage, big stage, big stage. Big stage. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again, Faith, for coming on. And everyone that's listening, thank you guys and gals for listening. And make sure that you come back next week for another episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem. And remember to stay rad. 